Hey, Alan. Hey, Steve. Welcome back. Thanks. You too. Did you have a good? Uh, did you have a good holiday season? I did have a good holiday season. It was nice to uh, go south, get a little warm weather, hang out with some family. How about you? Uh, I didn't go anywhere, which is also kind of glorious. Just uh, a bit of a homebody, and uh, we hosted some stuff rather than going to too many places. So it was it was nice, very familyish, very very food centric, um, pretty relaxing. A lot of elastic. May I share a bucket list item that occurred for me over the break? Will you please? Well, I attended the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic, which I've been doing for, I suppose, almost 30 years now. And uh, this was not the first time that a composition of mine had been performed, but it was the first time a composition of mine had been performed, and I got to be in the audience for it. And on top of that, it was especially cool because that director of that band, the Cedar Falls High School Jazz One, was a good friend of mine and yours, Kyle Engelhardt. So that was pretty special for me. Yeah, it was, it was special to watch. It was fun to see the pictures. Uh, I had some stuff here, so I couldn't go over to Chicago and check that out. But uh, I lived vicariously through through those shots. Why don't you hit us with uh, your favorite picture from that, and we will share it on our social media. That's a good idea. I will do that. Let's do it. Well, between between November and now, we have spent some time recording the episodes that are that are coming up soon, and we're excited about them. We think they're timely. We think they're relevant. We think they're good. We've got uh, Jazz Education with Bob Washett coming up very soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, both of us were fortunate to have Bob as a teacher, and it's kind of one of those, can you be an expert or very highly regarded in your own backyard? And Bob, I would say, is one of those people who is very highly regarded nationwide as a composer, arranger, educator, performer, and also in his own backyard. Can you think of a jazz educator in Iowa over the last 40 years who has the gravitas that, that Bob has? Oh, no, no. There, there, there's, there's nothing like Bob, and uh, it was great to pick his brain. We're going to do something special I'll talk about in a second. But before that, I, I just want to say that even though he's so high-end in his performing and his, his teaching, uh, he provides some very, very practical suggestions. That's one of the reasons we want to get that episode out first is because he's going to have some ideas that you're going to be able to use in your classroom here uh, right away. So that's going to be cool. The other thing that was fun was he told an awful lot of stories, and we're going to do something unique. We're going to we're going to release a bonus episode, which will be just all the audio, all the stories. How long do you think it'll be, Steve? About an hour. It'll be yeah, at least an hour. Yeah, and and uh, we will not edit it at all, so it's going to have an explicit rating because of two little swears. But uh, whether or not you know Bob. Um, I think that people will really, especially jazz educators, will really appreciate that bonus episode. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun behind the scenes stories that you'll enjoy. They aren't necessarily going to immediately have an application to your rehearsals, uh, which is why they're not going to make the official episode on January 23rd. But we did think it made sense to have a bonus episode on uh, one week later that we'll have 
everything in there for you to listen to. And as Alan said, we're not going to edit it at all. You'll hear some coughing. You'll hear us talking over one another. And uh, yeah, we're kind of excited to try it out and see what people think. Yeah, and do let us know what you think so we can decide whether or not uh, to keep doing that kind of thing because we think it's going to be kind of fun. It, the next episode is going to be with Michael Linson, who is a classroom management guru and a textbook author. And, and Steve, you admire this guy because you've been using his textbook in class. Yes, way back about a dozen years ago when I started the full-time position that I have coordinating the music education program at Coe College, I was very fortunate that I inherited a cooperating teacher at a nearby school. And this just fell in my lap because I would say this uh, cooperating teacher that we had was just a dream come true. And since then, I think I have used her every single year. Her name's Jen Walker, and she teaches at Novak Elementary. And she's just one of the finest teachers that I've ever encountered, regardless of age or, or subject area. She's wonderful. And she recommended this book by Michael Linson called Classroom Management for Art, Music, and PE Teachers. And I picked up a copy, I read it, and I thought, we need to implement this in our program at Co. And as I told Michael, I think in our episode, the, uh, the last 12 years have seen lots of changes to my syllabi, the texts that I use, the readings I use, the assignments I use. His book is the one thing that has held constant. I haven't changed that at all. I devote the second half of the Intro to Music Ed class to that text. And, uh, and it was very cool to get to meet him in person and hear his thoughts on everything from the COVID pandemic and how uh, that might change our approach, how it has maybe changed kids a little bit, to how to deal with your administrators. It was really timeless. It, it, that's what I just really loved about it was how timeless these things are. And a couple of them were um, things that are near and dear to me, the idea of specificity and detail. And I, and I liked it when he said, it, people worry about boring their students with details. Details are interesting to students. They want to know why you do things the way that you do. Uh, and they want to hear it communicated clearly. Students don't get annoyed by high standards. They get annoyed by inconsistent application of standards. And I, I think it has a lot to offer those of us who have sometimes struggled with, am I being too nice? Am I being too mean? Um, get rid of nice and mean and think more about like consistent and, and fair. Agreed. Agreed. You could tell after just talking to him for a little bit why he has the success he has in his classroom. So looking forward to sharing that. Then the following episode near the end of February will be with Dr. Wendy Barden, who is uh, I think, as far as I can tell, the national expert on the implementation of standards-based grading into the music classroom. So uh, this is one of those things, if I can be totally honest with you and with our listeners, I had sort of been, over the last few years, hearing more and more about standards-based grading and not really knowing exactly what that looked like, what it meant, and so this was kind of a selfish episode for me, sort of a way to force myself to learn more about it, what it looks like, what it's not, uh, which I think is also important. And I thought, who better to, uh, to help me get all of this stuff straightened out and take our listeners on the journey with us than the, the national expert. 
Dr. Barden, Michael Linson, a couple of examples of national thought leaders that one might think are way too busy to talk to us, uh, but they jumped at the chance to share their expertise. And so we're, we're getting even more courageous in our guest selection and approaching folks because um, they want to share this stuff. And that was what was one of the things that was really cool about Wendy as well. They do. This uh, reminded me a little bit of that scene in the movie that is not about music education, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, where um, Steve Carell's character is in this We Sell Your Stuff on eBay shop. And he asked her why she bothered having a shop when you couldn't go in there and buy anything because she was just going to sell it on eBay anyway. And her answer was something to the effect of, I need to do this so you know that I'm not just some crazy, creepy person who's just going to steal your stuff. And this year, as we've been reaching out to guests, because I'll be honest, our first year, we did reach out to some people to ask them on the program, and they said no, uh, or their agents said no. And this year, that has not been the case, uh, which has been pretty cool. And I feel like a lot of that is due to the first season, the very uh, nice website, social media presence that now we can approach a Wendy Barton or a Michael Linson and they can look and realize, no, we're uh, not just some creepy stalker people who are going to steal their stuff and never sell it on eBay. And uh, the statistics are showing that we have an international audience and we're in the top third of all podcasts. Top third of all podcasts. That's true. Also true. There's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but top third. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, trips are coming up for a lot of people who travel over spring break. Um, and we have one of the leading providers of student travel in the country joining us in a couple months. Todd Rogers will be talking about um, student travel. Everything is changing. Everything is moving. Everything is developing. Student travel has changed, but student travel, or I should say student travel has been changing since the dawn of student travel. But the last couple of years, at least from my standpoint, it's changed a lot in terms of costs, in terms of logistical issues. And the thing that I have been most interested in is hearing from my friends about what we do with rooming lists and, and student rooming. And can we put four students in a room and have them share beds? And what do we do about students who are transgender? And, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this. You do obviously a fair amount of, of student travel yourself as a, as a nice side hustle. Uh, and, and we both kind of agreed pretty quickly, let's bring someone in who does a lot of this sort of thing with, with groups all over the country and taking groups all over the world and, uh, and see how he's dealing with it. And it didn't disappoint. No, no, a lot of good stuff there. And we talked about some of those current issues. <laughs> Just today I was working on a group's rooming list and I, I realized I've got to kind of change the way that I'm asking for data because there, was, there were some blanks in the in in the column for is it a boy's room or a girl's room and, and the director said it's it's neither uh so th it's it's very current he had a lot of pointers for how to keep trips affordable 
um, some, some money-saving stuff, which is going to be really valuable as you plan your next trip, as well as how to work with and select chaperones. I think people are really going to like those two topics especially. Agreed. And earlier you were talking about how it felt pretty cool to grab Michael Linson and Wendy Barden, uh, especially excited about our uh, our last guest that we're going to have, um, I think, prior to our spring break. And that is none other than Lily Feyerabend. And that was uh, one of those guests where we reached out to some of our listeners and in particular, our elementary general music uh, folks, because not a background that you or I really have, Alan, but we do want this podcast to be applicable to all K-12 teachers. And so we reached out to some uh, elementary general music listeners, and this was the name they came back with. They said that we want to hear you and Alan interview Lily Feyerabend. So that one uh, we've got scheduled. We haven't uh, had it yet, but we did get to have a fun uh, sit down via Zoom, just the three of us uh, before the break. And and I got to admit, like that was that was pretty cool. I was I was kind of uh, starstruck to just have her on that with us, and and uh, and she seemed very excited about the podcast, and and is uh, going to be on with us to record here. I think in a couple of weeks, and we'll release that one. Like I said, in the middle of the spring. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I, I appreciate, and I hope our listeners appreciate that we've got some uh, some general music focus with that one right there because we do have. You know, you don't take a lot of elementary school classrooms on an overnight trip, for example. So we do have some topics that do veer a little bit toward uh, teachers with with older students. They do, um, but uh, but uh, that being said, I did have a uh, collegiate choir director send me an email. This was a couple weeks ago, and I think he had just listened to the Alan Baylock episode, and he said something to the effect of. I just love that every episode I listen to, I take something away from it that is applicable to my life. Even the one about the instrumental University of North Texas, instrumental jazz band leading Alan Baylock. I listened to that and I thought, oh yeah, I can apply that to my concert choir that I have at the at the collegiate level that I that I teach at. So I would say and I, and I think we are usually pretty honest about this. The Todd Rogers episode, yeah, if you are an elementary general music teacher and you don't go on a lot of trips, that may not be one where you, uh, where you necessarily find some common ground. But the others, don't just assume because their background, their discipline looks a little bit different than yours that you're not going to take something away from it. Because I feel like you and I do a really good job of asking the types of questions that are going to be applicable and also finding guests that want to make it applicable to a wider audience anyway. Uh, one of my best friends also happens to be an athletic coach, a really fine one, Matt. And he's become one of our strongest advocates. He is not a music educator at all. He's an English teacher and uh, and a running coach. And he's a an avid listener, and he takes notes and, and, and uses things in his coaching, in his classroom, and, and does a lot of uh, social media sharing to try to try to get other people on board. And he's he's been saying over and over again that this is supposedly for music educators, but I think it's for more. So Matt, I know you're listening. Thank you very much for your advocacy. 
Um, we got other people who say this podcast is great and I just discovered it. How come more people aren't listening to it? How come there's not more buzz about it? And, and our answer to that is it just takes a while for that to happen. You know, we're not spending thousands of dollars in advertising. We've got a decent social media presence and, and a good following and some word of mouth. But listeners, if you want us to have more listeners, please help us have more listeners. Please give us top ratings, honest, honest, but five-star ratings, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, a nice review, share us, share our stuff on social media. It just takes a moment. Um, we, we feel pretty good uh, about the quality of information that our guests have, and they deserve a wider following. It's, it's not Alan and Steve, but, but those guests of ours uh, deserve to be heard by an awful lot of folks. So if you could help us with that, I think that that would make life better uh, for everyone. Steve, am I, um, am I being too, uh, too aggressive here, too assertive? No, I think that makes sense. And I would add to that, I don't know. I think about all the podcasts that I've listened to, and I, I can't think of one that I just discovered on social media, partly because I'm not really on that social media very much. But sure. also, I never really go to the Apple whatever podcast store is that what it's called <laughs> uh and and look for it you know how it happens is a friend of mine will send me a link a text and say check out this episode see what you think and i'll listen to it and i'll think that's great so i don't know if it's a sign of my age or my lack of of uh, technological know-how but i think the other thing you could do if you're thinking why don't more people know about this pick an episode that you liked and maybe that's that's your new year's resolution you pick one episode of music at insights that you liked and text it or email it to some people and say hey check this out and uh and i think that might go a long ways too <laughs> there we go uh you mentioned your age uh steve in the abstract we're recording this on Steve's birthday, everybody. So happy birthday, Steve. Thank you, Alan. Yes, I am uh, <laughs> excited. And your birthday is in a couple of days as well. So happy early birthday to you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, yep. Yep. It's on, it's on Saturday. We're recording this on, on January 5th. So if you want to mark your, your calendars to send Steve a card next year, um, that's what to do. And, and January 7th is mine. Hey, what, what are you seeing out there? We both interact with a lot of, um, classroom teachers. Let's take a couple minutes to just talk about um, what we're seeing these days from our friends who teach. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of very tired teachers. And I think a lot of that is coming off the pandemic that people are falling into two categories. Either the pandemic allowed them uh, to slow their lives down a bit and they got used to that pace and they were able to maybe achieve a work-life balance that that they were happy with and then as the the lockdown distance learning portions of the pandemic ended and we returned to quote unquote normal life uh, that was a shock to their system or the pandemic was more work more exhausting for all the good reasons personal and professional and they haven't recovered from it so i'm I'm just seeing a lot of exhaustion and that things that maybe were easy to deal with or easier to deal with in 2019 because we had a full tank of gas seem harder to us now. I think you're right about all of that. A couple of thoughts to add. Um, 
maybe people discovered the work-life balance or the work-life integration could be better than it was in 2019, and that's been illuminated. And so now people are, are seeking that, and, and the system doesn't quite allow that to happen because of how consuming it can be to be a teacher. It, coming down to like very specific logistical things like the small number of personal days that you can take and just the very limited uh, control that an individual has over when they can take a little bit of time off if they need it, you know, for, for example. And then that exhaustion can also translate to students as well. You know, students are, are still, and it's, it, it's different from student to student. There's a big gamut out there, and we've talked about that with some of our guests over the last year and a half. But from student to student, it can differ how much they were affected and how tired they are or <laughs> how little tolerance they have for for dumb rules or arbitrary assignments or deadlines. And that was something that we talked about with, with Linson when we talked about classroom management is, is make sure that everything makes sense. And so you combine all of those pressures. And, and, and I think that, I think we got a recipe for, for being tired. I do see it different sometimes from individual to individual or from school to school. I think that sometimes administrators can create cultures that make it easier for teachers to have work-life integration and accept people where they are. And I think there are other cultures where, I mean, just to go to the extremes, there are some cultures where the, the emphasis is on catching up and getting everything back to normal and let's push, push, push to get scores back up to where they were and get everything back the way um, that it was before. And those people are beating their, their heads against the wall figuratively. Totally agree. And this might seem like sort of an ironic suggestion coming from a podcast where every other week we have guests on to tell you things to try, things to do, things to change. But I think one thing that I have been reading a lot and agree with is often when we're looking to make changes or to feel happier or feel more successful, feel more fulfilled, more often than not, we're looking at things to add and we are forgetting about things that we could take away or take off of our plate. And I've noticed that with some uh, directors that I've talked to of secondary ensembles where they will just say, yep, I'm doing fewer honor bands or I'm making the honor bands completely up to the students and their families. If they want to go attend, they can. And I realize that creates an equity issue and I feel terrible about it, but I need to get some stuff off of my plate. So when I am there for the students, I can really be there for them and do a good job. Mm -hmm. So as you listen to the wonderful things our guests suggest that you do, uh, don't forget that there are probably some things that are happening in your life uh, professionally and ask yourself, is this really serving my main goal? Is this doing what it needs to do for the students to the degree that it's worth the time I'm putting in and that we as a class are putting in? Yeah, when you and I talk about this stuff, uh, we, we talk about worrying about the right stuff as opposed to worrying about the wrong stuff. And, and if we can get as many people as possible thinking about the right stuff um, and focusing on, on the main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing, I think that'd be helpful. It can be as incremental as if, if you're a high school band teacher and you're doing eight pep bands a year, maybe you can 
negotiate four pep bands per year. So you just or, or students can direct those pep bands. If this if there's anything that you can you have a little bit of control over where you can relinquish that or, or pull back just a little bit so you can focus on the stuff that matters. Um, easier said than done, but uh, think creatively and, and uh, good luck. And one thing to not cut out of your lives this spring. Music at Insights. Your 25 minutes with us every <laughs> other week. Correct. That's right. That's right. This is an essential. So, yeah, keep, keep us, uh, keep, keep subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, um, and reaching out. We appreciate your uh, emails and, and posts and, and texts. So, yeah, keep in touch with us, please. You've been listening to Music Ed Insights. Please support this podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing it. We want to make this as thoughtful and practical as possible. Please send us your ideas for guests and suggestions for improvement. You can do that through our website, www.musicedinsights.com. You can also reach us on our Facebook page, Music Ed Insights, or via Twitter, at Music Ed Insights. Our website is also the place to find program notes, links, and a one-page download of this episode's key takeaways. That's www.musiced insights.com. This podcast is sponsored and supported by Normal Design, Winterset Websites, Group Dynamic, and the Co-College Music Education Program. Learn more about them at our website. And let us know if your business or organization would like to join that list. New episodes drop every two weeks on Monday mornings. Get current. Stay relevant. Music Ed Insights.